Hello and welcome back to Aspen Talks Health. I am Dr. Nicola and today I'm joined by Dr. Dia Lin. She is a religious science minister and the program facilitator at Boost Your Brain Power. Welcome to the show, Dr. Dia. Hi, Dr. Nicole. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about techniques to preserving your cognitive function and improving your memory and preventing dementia. Big one for as we age, a lot of people are getting concerned about this dementia. Happening. Every time you turn around, somebody's talking about, oh, I don't remember this. I wonder if that's going to happen to me. Right? Yeah. yeah. So that's probably the first, is that the first symptom? Um, um, well, that's a broad question. So you had asked me if there's a difference between just normal aging yeah. or actually going into dementia. So I think that that would be a good thing to sort of demystify. Yes, please. So what is true is that in the normal process of anybody's aging, you know, cells wear out. We use them up and they wear out. And if they're not replaced by normal healthy cells, then, you know, our skin and our muscles and organs, <clears throat> we don't like to think about our brain aging, but it does. So some of the early signs of age are that we do start to forget things that we process a little bit slower. Um, you know, we forget a few things. So I just like to go through a list of what's normal, first of all, okay. in case you're concerned. <clears throat> because let's face it, we do have a population, a lot of them were born in my generation, and we're getting to that age that we're starting to want to be healthier longer and live a vital life. I mean, here we live, right? Yeah. So what's normal is once in a while you make a bad decision. That's normal. Um, sometimes we miss a bill payment or so. Just one, that's okay. Um, but if you forget which day of the week it is, it's okay if you remember later, right? Huh. Um, sometimes you might forget what word to use. That happens to me sometimes. It's a little embarrassing, but it doesn't mean you have a brain disease. Um, sometimes we lose things, most commonly our keys. <laughs> and um, some of us in our age, before all the technology, we don't know how to set our microwaves or record a TV program. It's okay to ask for help. Um, and, you know, if you're feeling a little bit weary about work or, you know, the in-laws coming or don't feel like going to social events, it's okay to be a little tired and worn. I mean, we've been doing it all our lives, right? Right. Um, I feel that way now. <laughs> Sometimes, right? But here's, here's interesting. You might notice that if you start getting really, really rigid about fixed ways that you do things and you have to have it in this certain habit pattern all the time, and if it's not that way, you get really upset. That's, that's kind of normal, but yeah, it's not that healthy either. Um, so it's okay to misplace things from time to time if you can think about retracing your steps and then finding them again. So okay. that's all kind of just normal aging. Doesn't mean that you have a brain pathology. Got it. Okay. But the Alzheimer's Association does give 10 lists. So if you or somebody that you know um, is starting to have some of these symptoms, that's the time to start looking into early diagnosis. And, and it's not too late to do some prevention. But here's some of the symptoms of early onset Alzheimer's. Um, if you have a memory loss that actually disrupts your life. Now that's subjective. What does it mean disrupting your life? Um, if you're having 
problems or challenges in planning something or in solving problems. You know, that means the logic's not working correctly. Um, if you're having trouble completing familiar tasks at home um, or at work, could get fired, right? Or even in leisure. So just familiar tasks that should be second nature. If you start messing up with those, then you need to be a little concerned. Um, if you start getting confused about what time it is or what place it is, that's not good. Um, when you start having trouble understanding visual images or spatial relationships, that part of your brain is becoming impaired then. Interesting. Yeah. Um, if you misplace things and you cannot find them at all, you can't figure out how to retrace it, that's a memory problem. When you start exhibiting poor judgment, and a lot of people, when they go to the neurologist, one of the first things that happen when they do brain tests is they have you draw a clock, and if you can't even figure out how to reproduce a clock, the neurologist is gonna say, well then what? You probably shouldn't be driving. And that's the point at which a lot of people have to admit that they really have a problem that's interfering with their life and it's probably not safe yeah. to operate a motor vehicle. Poor judgment is a tough one because uh. you probably don't know that you're having poor judgment. Are you aware that you just made a poor decision? Is that well, that's the thing. If you don't even, if you don't have the consciousness or the awareness to recognize what you've done that's improper, um, that's where it becomes, there needs to be some kind of intervention. Got it. So, so we had talked prior about myths. So mm -hmm. these all can happen, but they probably will happen more so if you have the thought that you're expecting your, cogn your cognition to decline. Okay, I love you. We're, you know, we're both holistic healers, so yes. we know about the body-mind connection. Yeah. And in this um, Boost Your Brain Power, also the Total Brain Health classes that we use, it's all about body, mind, emotion, and spirit integration. <clears throat> so I would like to talk about some of the myths of aging. Yes, please. Um, when I was young, I was taught that you have a certain allotment of brain cells and you know we grow them rapidly as infants and in our youth and then as we get to be adults and we get our education and then we kind of like you know use up a lot of our brain cells and then whatever you have that's what you have to last the rest of your life and you don't get anymore hmm. it used to be that they didn't believe that brain cells regenerated now there's a lot more neuroscience research and we've got the science to back this up in a while, I'm going to talk to you about neuroplasticity. Yes. But the myth is that we cannot get better. So when Marty and I come to teach some of our classes, a lot of times it's difficult for people to even admit that they have a problem or they need some help because we'll hear things like, oh, I'm too old for that, you know, or I'm too stupid for that, or I can't learn anything new, or what's the point? What's the use? I'm too old. Now that's an attitude of giving up on yourself and losing hope. Mm. And my partner Marty wanted me to really emphasize that the feeling of loss of hope really is mentally and emotionally detrimental, you know, to our ability to actually take charge of our health and and learn things new and do much better. Yeah. So this is this is my message of hope here is that it's absolutely proven that we can improve with age, grow new brain cells, learn new skills, get better. It's proven that we actually get wiser as we get older.
Mm, so, I like that. Yeah, I like it too. Good. So you you have uh, three components really of of health, right? We have the physical, the mental, and the emotional. Can we go over? Can we start with the physical. What happens physically to the body as we age? Mm -hmm. uh, well, I mean, probably everybody is pretty aware of that. But as I said in the beginning, it's just an, a natural fact, and you see it in nature all the time. Things go from a seed, and then they go to a sprout, and then they become full-bloom plant. You know, they flower, they have their uh, apex, so to speak, and then in the fall they start to prune down or dwindle because they've used up their life force. Yeah. So all of the cells in our bodies go through the same process, except that in human beings we're designed if our cells are given the proper nutrition, oxygen, exercise, stimulation, that we're designed to continuously regenerate ourselves, including the brain, including the heart. So when we don't take proper care of our nutrition or we don't get enough exercise or we don't have the right mindset, the cells can deteriorate and not reproduce themselves. So then you see um, you know, memory lapses, general deterioration, build up of plaque in the arteries of the heart, beginning of heart disease, build up of glucose in the blood and leading to diabetes, which you know about, yeah. um, build up of excess fat in our bodies, and that's obesity. And all of those things, if we don't um, check it or uh, take responsibility for ourselves, become lifestyle factors that yeah. all lead to a gradual degeneration, decline, losing um, vitality, enthusiasm. Um. Which probably spirals the cognitive decline even more. It does. So it if does. you're not motivated to learn and try new things. That's true. It makes it even worse. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. So the physical plays a big role in the cognitive. And, and there's also the thing about just um, how many accidents we, do we have over I was a body worker for 40 years, so it was my job to you know, put people back together physically. But, but there's emotional and mental components, too, that have to do with injury and disability. So if you start to lose your balance, then you feel ungrounded, you feel unstable, and then you go into fear. And then your muscles tighten up, hmm. right? Or if you don't get body work. And like that, how I feel skiing. <laughs> yeah, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so there, there's balance, there's coordination, there is speed. There's muscle tightening and uh, scar tissue yeah. that all leads to decreased mobility, and then after a while, people are in walkers, etc. And if you if you lose that sense of groundedness with the earth, it makes you feel psychologically unstable and fearful. Huh. Fascinating. Yeah. You had mentioned when we talked earlier that there's actually an excess exercise issue, especially at this altitude, mm -hmm. that can cause degeneration mm -hmm. as well, correct? Uh -huh. Yeah. So um, probably everybody has heard, I hope, of oxidative stress. Right. There's a lot of antioxidant vitamins right now. So oxidation is a normal process in the cells that oxygen actually burns. It's like your windshield wipers, you know, that the rubber gets eaten up and you have to replace them. Yeah. That's oxidative stress on rubber or metal, it rusts. Yeah. So cells can rust as well. So when we hyperventilate, like you know, we use huge amounts of oxygen in order to keep very vigorous exercise at long um, intervals. And at this altitude, when there's not uh, as much oxygen, and also we're up at 
an altitude where the sun has more damaging rays. All those lead to oxidative stress of our cells. So, you know, where I work part-time in the cardio uh, respiratory rehab at uh, Aspen Valley Hospital, a lot of people have cardiac and respiratory illnesses and I'm observing that I believe a lot of it has to do with a whole lifetime of living at this altitude under this amount of sunlight, doing a lot of, um, you know, skiing, biking, hiking, you know, all the things that people do here, which are all wonderful, but it all creates oxidative stress in the cells. Mm. And when that stress breaks down the brain, then you start going into brain disease. Interesting. Or any, any place, but that's oxidative stress. Wow. And there are some great antioxidant supplements, but I'm not going to get into that now. No, but I, I do want to just touch on that. Blueberries get a lot of the goji berries, a lot of these natural antioxidant right. foods right. is what I would recommend to yes. try and limit that as much as possible. Absolutely. Yeah. And so what happens mentally as we age? We kind of touched on this, but... Well, <laughs> you know how computers get kind of... Um, congested, you know, when we put too much data and we have too much stored information and we don't clear out our hard drive and we've got duplicates and stuff. Well, in our age, in our information age, I think that people are bombarded with so much data, so much information, so much news, so many commercials, mm -hmm. so many dramas and that sort of thing, that, that actually I'm observing that people just get overloaded, stimulus overloaded, and then there's a tendency to shut down mentally. It's like, I don't want to pay attention to any of this. And you go into sort of like a denial or a suppression. All right. So that's, that's one thing is just sensory overload. And there's also technology, you know, which also too much technology that changes too quickly with people of my age that weren't raised with all this. Yeah. It feels like a daunting task to keep up with it. And then you start to feel stupid. You know, you call on your 14-year-old, you know, to fix things that you should know how to do yourself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So there's that. And then um, the mental uh, the mental self-image. As we let ourselves decline, we look in the mirror, we don't like what we see, and we start judging ourselves. So that's the mind making judgments about the body. And then it goes into, well, maybe it's my character, or maybe I'm not good, or maybe I'm not mm -hmm. attractive, or I'm not, you know, the shape that I used to be. So all that negative self-talk actually has an effect. Your, it's your brain telling your body that you're no longer at your peak and that you're no longer good enough. So that leads to a downward strike cycle mentally yeah. of just not feeling good enough or comparing yourself to other people. And there's also something about um, isolation. There's a tendency for older people, if they don't, if they're not up to par, that they spend too much time at home, or they don't want to see friends. If they can't hear so well, or they can't see so well, and and conversations aren't um, meaningful, they tend to pull back and isolate. And then isolation can get into feeling sorry for yourself, can go into depression. Depressions can go into medications. Medications can have side effects that are detrimental to memory. It's, it's really a downward cycle. Wow. So the mind is really superior to the body. This is the religious yeah. science minister and me talking now. Yes, yeah. Okay, but that's, that's my doctorate, is the body-mind-spirit integration. So everything starts with an idea in mind, and then the body picks up on it and says, oh, that's how you want us to be? Well, then that's how we'll behave. 
So right. even diseases can begin with aberrant ideas in mind or uh, emotions, our yeah. heart. I knew a woman that was uh, 85, and she decided that she wasn't as beautiful as she used to be. She used to be a stunning woman, and she literally didn't leave her, la uh, her house for the last 15 years of her life. Would not leave in, va in, in vanity, poor thing, but like she just wasn't comfortable leaving the house. The way she looked, she just destroyed herself. It's sad. It is really sad, and it's it's preventable. Yeah. So we work with people with self-esteem. It's it's part of our holistic program of working with the mind, working with the body, and also the emotions or the spirit. Yeah. So self-esteem, self positive self talk, um, affirmations. That's all part of it. Do, was there anything else you wanted to say about uh, how we emotionally age, or did you cover? Well, I want to talk about fear, and I want to talk about grief. Please. So as we lose some of our capabilities, even our beauty or our sexuality or our appeal, you know, people don't look at us the same way they used to, um, that damage to the self-esteem makes you feel worse about yourself, and so you withdraw. And so there can actually be a grieving process, huh. you know, grieving my lost youth, grieving my wonderful career because now I'm retired, grieving my great body because I had an injury and I can't, you know. So there's actually a grief component. And then as people get older, too, they start losing friends, family members, and then they start to be going into fear about their own demise. Wow. So grief and fear of death are huge. The older people get, the more that specter of losing their life looms larger. And fear actually, as you probably know, breaks down your immune system. And the very fact of running fear thoughts through your mind and through your heart breaks down your systems and you actually become more vulnerable to, um, to disease. Wow. Yeah. Okay, let's switch to the positive. Tell us about how we can reverse and prevent okay. all of this. All right. So here's the good news. Yes. Um, when Marty and I uh, decided to form our own program that we call Boost Your Brain Power, and we've, we found uh, Dr. Cynthia Green, who's a neuroscientist, a teacher, author uh, in New Jersey, has created these wonderful programs in order to uh, teach people brain-healthy and uh, holistic lifestyle um, enhancement programs. And so she has compiled uh, numerous training manuals, and so we have license to use some of her training manuals in order to teach classes here. Nice. So I have a number of skills. My sister Marty has a number of skills that we bring together um, to, number one, teach classes in how to prevent cognitive decline and prevent dementia because it is preventable. You know, perhaps not 100%, but I've got some research here for you later that's going to give actually percents of from some well-documented studies of people that make um, huge percentage of improvements over, over maybe a two-year period of time using these um, evidence-based scientific methods of um, cognitive training yeah. and dementia prevention. So yes, again, do have hope, do be inspired, do keep on, do feel well about yourself, and do learn some brain training. Can you share some uh, techniques? Um, sure. So um, the Total Brain Health Program, like I said, is a three-pronged blueprint. And when we work with people's, when we work with people's uh, minds, 
in the cognitive area in our classes. Uh, we give them some science-backed evidence of, you know, what's what's true about brains and science and memory. Yeah. Um, and then and we give quizzes too, just to, to test them. Um, we have a number of different exercises that we do because it's been proven that <clears throat> on the mind, body, spirit pyramid, that the, the uh, emotional or spiritual um, inspiration comes from socializing with other people. Mm. You know, it's the opposite of isolation, which tends to lead to less depression. And people feel like, oh, you know, there's other people that are learning just like I am. And so they work off of each other and they build each other higher. Nice. So it builds uh, self-esteem and, and group rapport and, and socialization. That's, that's brain healthy. Nice. Uh, so we have them do skits, we have them learn poetry, we have them memorize shopping lists, we have them, um, you know, play games with each other. And all of these are scientifically backed exercises that in every class that we teach, there's going to be something for the body, you know, about neuroscience or exercise or nutrition or you know, breathing, something to help the body, and then all of these cognitive exercises to stimulate the brain. And in every one, there'll be one, two, or three we call memory builders. So it's a different, uh, a different practice along a theme of the class that builds it, its memory strategies. Mm. I didn't even know there were memory strategies, and I was doing them. I like you it. know, like repetition or saying, you know, Dr. Nicola, it's nice to meet you. You know, it's like, well, thank you, Nicola, you know, and, and just repetition is one thing. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of different little tricks that you can learn. And once we give you a whole bunch of strategies, then you can pick your favorite ones and continue to use them. One trick I learned was that to use your opposite hand to brush your teeth. Oh, yeah. And, and if you want to take it further, stand on one foot while you do it. You know, just it's so that you're making your brain have new pathways. That's so, neuroplasticity. I was just about to say, can you <laughs> talk about neuroplasticity? Sure, sure, sure. So that's, that is a nice strategy. Actually, as trainers, they give us some things like wear your watch upside down for a month. So you have, you have to learn how to see things differently. Wow. Yeah, I'm learning all kinds of new things. That's an interesting one. But let's talk about neuroplasticity. Actually, that's one of the things that we do as an exercise. We put this long word out, N-E-U-R-O-P-L-A-S-T-I-C-I-T-Y. Write it on the board. Go, all right, how many smaller words can you make out of that? And one of our, one of our students took uh, homework for a week. He found 72 words out of that one word, neuroplasticity. Wow, that's impressive. So that's, that's, that's a brain training. So what it is, yeah. um, it's also called uh, neuron plasticity. And a neuron is the name of the brain cell itself. Plastic means that it can be, it can change form. It can be reformed, right? Okay. And um, so this relatively new research finding says that we can build new brain cells um, in, in places where maybe there has been damage, let's just say uh, that there may have been um, a brain injury, uh, a concussion, traumatic brain injury, we call it, TBI, okay. um, that, that kills nerves in a certain area, or a stroke that kills brain cells. So you've got like a dead space in your brain. So the natural 
tendency of nerves is, to, well, let's sprout some new connections over here or over here or over here. So they actually carve out new territory and build more connections. It's kind of like a detour, mm. but it's it's more like a tree. You know, if you chopped off the uh, one one of the pieces yes. of the roots yeah, oh. and then it grew new fibrils, yeah. our brains do the same thing. So the the way that we use the neuroplastic principles in here is we keep giving people different ways, different ways to do things, new challenges. Like Marty and I are going to have to learn poems from Shakespeare. People have to learn charades. We're going to have to do, you know, some mocking up of um, movies like you're doing here. Things like, I don't usually do that. Right. But if you learn new things, you actually grow new brain cells. And then that creates a reserve a backup storage of um, brain cells so that if something does happen to kill a few brain cells, maybe you go on a, you know, alcoholic binge for something and you burn 20 million brain cells, then you've got 40 million other ones that you've built in reserve because you've learned a lot of new skills. Interesting. So it's a way that you can be proactive of building your brain up so that it has an adaptive way of working around whatever damage we might do. Very nice. Isn't it? I wonder if music would probably be a good exercise, learning a different yes. instrument. Yeah, exactly. It's probably great for your brain. So I'm going to do a, a plug for Dr. Brooke Allen, who's the neurologist, Roaring Fork Neurology. And we took one of her, one of these classes from her, and she, in one class, would introduce us to art, a different kind of art. In another class, um, she had people in, come in and do musical instruments. So Marty started learning ukulele. Yeah. All right. What I did with this to build my brain reserve is I'm not really good at numbers. See there, I just did a negative self-affirmation. Yeah. So I started um, you know, studying finances and accounting and um, investing. So that requires me you know, to have to think about money and long-term planning, which is not my go-to, mm. but I've become much more skillful. I love it. Yeah. So helpful. So we just have one minute left. It oh. goes so quickly, I know. Uh, but is there any final thoughts, or how can people find you? Well, let me just let me give you a little bit of this research, okay? Please. Uh, when Dr. Green started her Total Brain Health program, it was based on two research programs. One is called FINGER, and that's an acronym for a two-year Finnish Geriatric Intervention Study to Prevent Cognitive Impairment and Disability. So these people um, study participants with a lot of different modalities. And in conclusion, um, the people that were treated had an 83% improvement in what's called executive function, Excellent. you know, making decisions and carrying things out. 150% higher score in the speed of processing. Wow. And 40% in, uh, improvement in memory task performance. Fantastic. So the conclusion was that the finger studies at the forefront of the international collaborative efforts to solve the clinical and public health problems of early identifications of individuals who are at increased risk of late life cognitive impairment and developing, they were developing intervention strategies to prevent or delay the onset of cognitive impairment. So that's what we're doing. 
I love it. When should people start with this? I mean, do, I, do you wait till you're 60 or 70, or is it better to start at my age, around 40? Well, you know, um, the higher education that you have, the more brain cells you've built. And so you're, you're putting your bank account at an increase mm. for later on. But it's never too late to start learning new skills. Yeah. Um, our programs, our uh, total brain health classes, are designed for people that are 50 and older, older that are still cognitively healthy. Okay. Okay. This is not people that are already in dementia or Alzheimer's. Got it. It's it's people that are just over fifty that want to stay, uh, stay sharp and get better. Wonderful. Yeah. Prevention is the key. Prevention. Thank you so much, Dr. Dia. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show. Awesome. You too. Thank you for having me. This Thank is great. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for all your wisdom. So you were going to ask about these classes. Um, Can we just put something on there? Yes. Uh, I will. Add to AspenTalksHealth.com a list of Dr. Dia's classes that she has available. Um, also, May 8th and June 26th, Wednesdays. No, till, until. Uh, oh, eight, eight uh, every Wednesday from 3.30 till 4.45. So I will put up her contact information so that you guys can uh, attend these classes. And thank you again. Such My a pleasure. pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks for